All right, NBA fans, welcome back to the Best of Seven Sports Talk. I'm Seven Mitchell, man. Hope everyone is doing well. We got so much to talk about today because it has been action-packed in the association. I got a special guest with me, joining me from the Fly Route Podcast. I got my brother, Tony Playboy, in the building. Tony, what's good, my G? Yo, what's good? What's good? I appreciate you for having me on. Yo, y'all haven't heard about me. My name is Tony Playboy, aka Kendrick Percocet. That's what uh-huh. I like to call me out here. And Talk I'm excited. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited to be on the Best of Seven show. Man, I appreciate you, man. I love what you're doing over there at the fly route. I've been following you for a while, man. I like how you self-made and you just stay consistent with basketball, football, like you name it. You on top of it, man, and I see how you, you know, interact with other podcasters, and I, I definitely appreciate what you bring to the game, bro. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. We just getting started, man. I'm happy that we got the chance to connect and get on together. That's a fact, man. That's a super fact. So today in the association, man, you know, the trade deadline has been the biggest talk in the NBA, and shit has gotten crazy and hit the fan today, bro. It- it last year was kind of mid. This year was fire. <laughs> oh like, my god! Yeah, last year was mid. This year was fire. Good like night. it's exciting, man. I guess the biggest move. Well, first of all, we got an end of an era. We got CJ McCollum leaving Portland. What you think about that move and, and the chances that Dame is still going to stick to his guns and stay in Portland? Okay, so it's weird because. I believe that Dame doesn't move this season. If he moves, he moves next season. So okay. he's going – Portland has freed up $60 million in cap space and has a $20 million trade ex- ex- exception. Exemption, sorry. Uh, and at this point, they have all the money in the world to build a new team around Dame that can win. Dame is going to give them the offseason or however you want to phrase that to see what they do, because that's who he is. Right. And if it don't happen, which I don't think it will, because when was the last time a big free agent went to Portland? My man's probably going to be out of there. Yeah, man, I'm just... I I didn't really see this coming. To me, Portland looks like they're in straight rebuilding mode. Like, they had already made a move earlier in the week. And, you know, to get rid of CJ, I just don't see any type of potential or future as far as winning when it comes to Dame and Portland. Now, if we switch gears, though, Tone, and, and, and you look at what CJ is now uh, up against or who he's dealing with. Now, he's in New Orleans with Zion and and, and uh, Brandon Ingram in the gang. What type of impact do you think the Pelicans with this guy is going to have this year? The, the Pelicans are in the play-in right now. Like, I'm pretty sure they're in the top 10, so they're in a play-in. I feel like CJ is the type of person that moves you from the play-in to the playoffs guaranteed. Like, he is that type of shift. Because right now, Brandon Ingram is hooping his butt off. Absolutely. And he does not have any help. Jonas Valanciunas is cool. I'm a big fan. I love the trade for them. But he don't really have that type of help. And CJ is it like I believe in like the next year, year and a half, like let's say this half year, the next year, everybody will look at CJ McCollum in a significantly different light. Absolutely. And you can tell with Brandon Ingram, like he's always been a talent, but his, the mental game is starting to catch up with his physical ability. He's playing real smart in New Orleans. But like you said, he needs the help. 
right now, New Orleans is sitting at a temp seed 21 and 32 is their record. They are about two and a half games behind the Lakers for the ninth spot. So right now, New Orleans is fighting with Portland. They both got 21 wins on the season, but I just see Portland falling um, tremendously in the standings after the moves that they made. Oh, I think Dave's not coming back the rest of the season and they've tanked on purpose because if they get a top five pick, they get to keep it. And they know that yep. if it's anywhere between five and 14, they lose it to um, somebody else. And if it's anywhere outside of the lottery, they lose it to my bulls. So they are tanking for a top five pick at this point. Dame is going to sit the rest of the season rehab. They are, they are full, fully done with this year. What uniform do you see Damian Lillard wearing next? Yo, that is so hard. Like, prior to all this Harden-Ben Simmons talk, right? right? I was saying Philly, but that was under the impression that they'd be moving CJ that way. And, like, okay. like I, now, sorry, they were moved Dame that way. Now they've moved CJ. I'm not sure that if Harden's on the table, you take Dame over Harden. Interesting. Interesting. I think Daryl Morey has a big connection with James Harden. That working relationship is huge. Absolutely. And you can get you can give up less for Harden versus Dame because Harden is on his uh, has a player option next season. And Dame seems in his heart to want to stay and try to make it work in Portland. And James Harden is more willing to change locale. And you talked about the relationship of Daryl Morey and James Harden. Daryl Morey has been eyeing the Kyrie vaccination situation since it started because there was reports that, you know, he was going to go for James Harden. And I knew that this was going to be a situation where Brooklyn, no matter the talent constructed, they're not going to have that much time to get it right. And to me, the way it's panning out, Tone, this team might be the most disappointed team of all time in the NBA if they're not able to pull it off. I know we talk about the 2005 Lakers with Carl Malone, Gary Payton, and those guys. <laughs> but I don't know, bro. KD, James Harden, and Kyrie not able to get it done. Like, they only won 16 get played 16 games together. Like I think that's what gives them the, like, out because they were never able to stay all on the court together and stay healthy. And then this Kyrie can't play home games thing. And I think that is really the, probably the straw that broke the camel's back for James. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was speaking on that today. He is definitely disappointed with Kyrie's decision-making. I agree. And I don't ever think he cares about the vaccine or anything like that. He's just like 50% of our games we need you because you're one of the best point guards on the planet. You're one of the best basketball players, period, on the planet. Yep. And you are paid as such. And that money could have been like three-plus role players that James could use to take the load off of him. Instead, it's Kyrie for only half the games. Yep. And, I, and that's just it's impossible to work like that and win. And now you, you they're losers, I believe, of eight straight. Yes, indeed. Without Kevin Durant? I don't know, man. I was never sold, to be honest with you, that Brooklyn was going to win the title even with these guys playing because I just feel in the NBA in a seven-game series, you have to have some type of defensive presence. I know they can put up numbers, but if you don't have a defensive presence, I don't see you winning a championship. 
So I never was really honestly sold on Brooklyn winning the whole thing, but just to see how the chemistry or the lack of is kind of demising this organization, man. It's just something that I don't think I've ever seen before, man, with this type of talent. I mean, I, I picked, even after this trade, the Sixers to win the championship last year. Big disappointment. That's fine. I will say that I thought it could work because James Harden proved that he has the most versatile game of any NBA superstar. He shifted from the dribble out person in Houston to just like, I will sacrifice scoring 10 extra points a game to get everybody involved. Involved. Correct. He's definitely becoming more of a floor general. So I I definitely appreciate him adding that to his, that element to his game. Um, You mentioned that you're a Bulls fan. What do you think about Chicago's run? I know um, y'all guys are a little bit banged up in some key positions, but Chicago is looking different this year, man. How do you feel about your Bulls? Man, I love it. I feel like it's, we have been deprived of what successful Bulls team for some time, some point in time. Basically, the as soon as we traded Jimmy Butler, we went from a perennial playoff team to perennially at the bottom of the East. Yep. And I think we were so excited at the beginning of this year to be at number one, to be running the table, that now there's a lot of impatience going on with the Bulls. Because of these injuries, like we missing Lonzo Caruso, Patrick Williams, DJJ. We just got Devontae Greenback. It's tough. It's tough. But I feel like we are in a very good place. This team, when everybody was healthy and on the floor, looked like one of the best teams in the NBA by far in a championship contender. While I do think we need to add a backup center or power forward, someone like, you know, that defensive presence that you were talking about, right? To make that final that final run. Correct. On, on the on the front court, because we got it in the back court in spades. Like we were one of the worst teams defensively last year. We went out and got two defensive guards. We just need that one in the front court. And I think we are set. I'm super excited to just be a Bulls fan right now as well. That's crazy, man, because you know, you hit it right on the head. I remember, you know, going into the regular season. You know, talking about predictions, I said I felt like Chicago needed that rim protection. That's what they were missing. And I wasn't sold that they were big enough to bang with the Embiid's and the Giannis's when it come down to these seven-game series. Uh, But, you know, when you look at some of the other teams in the Eastern Conference that made the playoffs last year, they're playing shaky. You know, the Knicks and Atlanta, Boston (laughs) is a roller coaster team. So Chicago, like you said, is in a great space right now. It could be better. But, you know, as far as projection and potential, it's looking up for you guys. I'm excited, man. I'm like, this is probably the highest potential Bulls team since D-Rose first tour his ACL. That's 2012. Yep. <laughs> That's a decade ago. <laughs> That's crazy. Now, there was another big-time trade that went down today involving the Indiana Pacers and the Sacramento Kings. And this is kind of making social media in the uproar because people want to know what the hell Sacramento was thinking. So Sacramento, they picked up uh, Demantis Sabonis, Jeremy Lamb, and Justin Holiday in exchange for Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Hill, and Tristan Thompson. What do you think about this blockbuster type of trade, to be honest? Okay, so I want, before I give you my, like, 
feel opinion here because I've said this to a couple of people and no one agrees with me. Who do you think won this trade? I'm going to be honest. Everyone feels like Indiana has won this trade, but I feel like Sacramento did the right thing. And Sabonis, to me, is proven. What the Pacers received, Buddy Hill is, is a good player. And, you know, Halliburton, his last 20 games, he's averaged over 17 points. But Tristan Thompson is, is no one. I feel like the Kings may make out. Okay, we are on the same page. Everybody thinks the Pacers fleece the Kings. And as soon as I saw this trade, I was like, oh, this is a really good trade for the Kings. Yes. Tristan Thompson, expiring contract. He's out of there at the end of this year. Yeah. Buddy Heald is a good player, a fantastic spot-up three-point shooter, is not a good defender, is also paid the same amount of money as Damantis Sabonis. Correct. Like their contracts exactly match up. And you're telling me that the production that you see money-wise for a Buddy Hill that's anywhere near Sabonis's? I don't think so. Not at all. I don't think so. And I think the real piece that makes people concerned about this is the Tyrese Halliburton piece. And that is true. Tyrese Halliburton is a great, great prospect. He's in his second year in the league. 20 I think years has- old. Uh, yeah, I think he has a chance to be a star in this league. However, and I think that's honestly the only reason why you were able to move Buddy Heald and inspiring Tristan Thompson in the first for, place. Right. Yeah, for Demonte Sabonis. Like the value of Tyrese Halliburton is shown there. And because you already paid De'Aaron Fox the max and you drafted Davion Mitchell. You got two guards already there that are quite good. Davion Mitchell is averaging 10 points in 25 minutes as a rookie. Correct. I I like that. So at this point, you got to figure out how do you put together the best five players on the court at once, and you could not do that having Fox, Mitchell, and Halliburton there. Correct. Sabonis can play at the five of the small lineup with Harrison Barnes, or he could play at the four and – Still have like a big lineup with somebody like um who's that big they got Rashawn Holmes. I, I I just I just like this move because the roster construction of the Kings makes more sense than it did before, and that's that's the same thing for the Pacers. Sabonis and Turner together did not make a lot of sense, and I think now they keep Turner. They got Halliburton. He's young, and they the team looks better as well. But I. Really, really like this for the kids. yeah man. To me, it was addition by subtraction. You know, they they got rid of some pieces that make people shake their head. But when you look at what they're working with and what makes sense, like you said, for that particular ball club, Sacramento is going to uh, wind out wind up better. Like getting some of those guys off of the books, even with these pieces that Indiana has gained. I don't see the Pacers making any real noise in the Eastern Conference. I don't see. You know any of that change, and so they tank it. They 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 want to be bad, and they're hoping that they can become good again by the time they have to pay Tyrese Halliburton. That's why they're getting all these picks. Like they traded Karis LeVert for like three picks, two seconds yeah. and a first, right? Like they they're hoping they can put together a young drafted core that is very talented, because like a Kings, like a Blazers. It's really hard to get good free agents over there. Yep. That's a fact. 
what do you think, Tony, about LeBron James sticking around to play with Bronny? What do you think the chances and the reality of that happening? The chances of it happening, I think, is very high because LeBron is the type of player that can kind of control his own destiny. He's already said for a fact that he wants to play with Bronny. And it'd be hard for me to believe any team drafts Bronny James. And if LeBron James tries to come there in free agency, you say no. Yeah, it'll be a package deal, most definitely. <laughs> like, I think what, whoever drafts him, Brian, like, Brian will just be like, I would like to go over there. And I think Brian just either wants to play against his son some or play with his son in the NBA. And he has put in all the work, has all the clout for, obvi- for like, deservingly re- deserved reasons that it's just he can make anything in the NBA happen that he wants to. Now, one thing interesting about this whole situation, like I don't think that there's a chance that the Lakers will will have this uh, under their umbrella. So more than likely, LeBron is going to have to leave. But we're talking about another two years because I think you have to play at least one year in college. Or the G League, yeah. Or the G League. So we're talking about two more seasons before we could possibly see this. I'm wondering if teams are going to, because he's not a top prospect. You know, like a top three, top five, like a not a lottery right now. But I'm wondering if teams would trade up, even though this might not be a a, a winning type of uh, environment. I wonder if teams would trade up to get higher in the draft just to guarantee to pick up Bronny. Because if Bronny comes in, like you said, LeBron is right behind him. So I can't wait to see how this draft works out because some teams that might not want to win might trade up and give up a lot just to get that star power. You know, the the, the arenas will be sold out every night. You got LeBron and his son playing side by side. So I can't wait. I think it could happen. I just definitely don't see it happening in L.A. And LeBron, in order for it to happen, he's going to take – he's going to have to take some time off next year. Like, I don't think he can go 100 miles per hour in year 20 if he's going to, you know, try to wing this thing out with his son. Man, I'm not sure if he, like, wins championship with his son. I don't know if that's necessarily in the cards as much as just, you know, the experience. To just say that you have been able to do that. It'll be history. Exactly. And I think that he just – that that's that's the – he's obviously always going to try to win a championship whenever he plays ball. That's the type of guy he is. But – I think that's the next accolade or moment on his checklist. One of three different franchises, right? He yeah. moved to LA as a fan. looked like it was more of a family thing than it was a just like purely ball thing because he had to then create the team. Correct. So he got I, it done. Got the chip done in LA. Yeah. I I just feel like he wants that. That is clearly the next goal in his mind and he's like almost leading the league in scoring year 19 unbelievable so he ain't ain't really slowing down all that much right unbelievable (laughs) way he's turning up so i think he got he got the gas i agree 
Last thing for you, Tony, man, this evening. Again, I appreciate you coming through, chopping it up with me. Who do you feel is more likely to turn the corner this season, the Lakers or the Nets? Because they're both struggling. We talked about the Nets um, a little bit earlier in the show. The Lakers, we see what type of roller coaster season they've had. It looks like Russell's going to be still. He's not going anywhere. I'm surprised Frank Vogel has survived the road trip. It looked like he might be sticking around. Which one of those two teams, the Nets or the Lakers, realistically, do you see, you know, turning a corner and actually making a run towards the postseason? If I have to pick, it's the Nets. It's just the whole thing is, so let's say whichever order you want to put it in, Katie and Braun are the best two players in the NBA. Right. Maybe people want to argue that, but just for the sake of this, let's say that. Okay. KD has been out for a significant period of time. Once KD touches that floor again, the Nets are embarrassingly good just because him and Harden by themselves are a great combo. They were like near the top of the East without Kyrie so at right. the beginning of this year, right? The Lakers, on the other hand, even with all the pieces healthy or two of the pieces, whatever you want to call it, have never showed you that they can put it together this season yet. Yeah, it's taken a lot of time. It, it definitely has taken a lot of time with just getting AD back. Russell still having a turnover. But Russell is playing, I, you know, I don't know what to say about Russell. The only thing I really can say about this Lakers thing, I like the decision-making that Frank Vogel is doing in the fourth quarter when it comes to bencher Russell, but... I think having those guts to make those decisions, I think it's a little bit too late. Like, this is the moves that should have been made earlier on in the season unless he wasn't allowed to. So this is the Russell thing for me. Russell Westbrook is playing everything Russell Westbrook is. His shooting percentage isn't any worse. His points per game are a little bit down, but he doesn't keep the ball in his hands as much when LeBron plays. But... It's just like Russ is very consistent. He is giving you everything that you saw from a statistical standpoint. Correct. That he gave you last season. Nothing and the changed. season before. So at this point, I don't understand how we can blame Russell Westbrook. You got everything you like you knew he was. He was getting trade. right. Right. Yeah. It's like James Harden became something else when he went to the Nets. I talked about that. But if he didn't change his game, that's all you, Nets, right? Because, like, sure. you knew what he was and what he could do. At this point, Russell has fulfilled everything he, he, was, he was promised as. It was just a bad choice. I agree. I agree. This experiment has been one to talk about all season. And, you know, they stuck now pretty much. You know, the only offer that they had was, you know, Houston was willing to, you know, take Russell back for a trade but for John Wall. But that doesn't make situations better <laughs> um, with the Lakers. So Houston need to buy out John Wall already. Yeah, man. they need Free to let John him Wall. go, man. Free John Wall. That's a super. All right, man. Peace to my NBA family. It's your host, Seven Mitchell, with the best of seven sports talk. I just wanted to take this time out to say thank you to each and every one of you guys for so much support for the podcast. 
I hope you guys are really enjoying some of the outside the box angles we take, bringing you these NBA storylines. Please don't forget to like and share. Most importantly, rate the podcast. You can follow us on social media. All the links will be in the description. And if you would like to contribute to the Best of Seven Sports Talk platform, we have merchandise available, as well as links for the merch and donations will be all in the description. Once again, thank each and every one of you guys in the NBA community for supporting the show. This is Seven Mitchell with the Best of Seven Sports Talk. Let's talk some NBA action. All right, Tony, I appreciate you, bro. Let everybody know where they can follow you at once again on social media before we sign off. I appreciate you for having me on. If you want to stay up to date on NBA NFL news, you can follow at the fly route pod. It is all one word. I'm on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, extremely active, interact with listeners all the time. And, you know, looking forward to seeing some of y'all. No doubt, man. I'll make sure I have links in the description for all the Tony shows so y'all can stay in the loop with his content. 